Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Whiskey Topic. It's Mark Bylock, and I'm here with my best bud, Jamie Johnson. How are you doing, Jamie? Good. How are you? Uh, we're all we're all recently we're all separated. We're we're properly following all. Uh, we're all staying at home and recording remotely, which is uh, you know, we're, which means we're in our pajamas and, and probably haven't showered in days, at yeah. least in my case. Yeah, nice. Um, nice, good to know. I showered today, you heathen. <laughs> oh, jeez, wow. <laughs> special it's a special <laughs> occasion um so uh we are gonna we're gonna talk about micro distilleries today we're gonna talk about them from all across canada we've got devin cargamo uh, one of our favorite guests ever i feel like every time devin's on the podcast we we get, always get lots of great feedback yeah. uh from our listeners and we're gonna talk about his uh, book that's a and uh, him that he wrote with blair phillips uh that's gonna be out and uh, when this podcast is out the definitive guide to canadian distilleries devin welcome back multiple time back to thank the podcast. Yeah, I think you might be our number one guest. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Thank you very much, Jamie <laughs> and Mark. We, we like intended to record this podcast in Cornwall at the wonderful World of Whiskey show uh, because uh, that, that unfortunately got canceled like many events. Um, so I'm sad we're not all in the same room yeah. um, drinking and whiskey and I wish the circumstances were different. Uh, mm-hmm. But Devin, I'm um, you may be more comfortable than the last time we recorded in a hotel room. So, uh, oh. we're, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's fine. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. So Devin, congratulations on the new book. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's been a real labor of love and it's been a long labor of love getting this together. Blair and I uh, did our first distillery visits, uh, in July, 2014. And we've been wow. kind of just yeah. meandering across the country and visiting various places, some, sometimes together, usually alone, and uh, putting us all together. And uh, then we had the gargantuan task of writing it. And uh, it's it's kind of bizarre the way this, because, you know, the, the distillery, uh, micro distilleries at least, were just popping up like mushrooms. And so, right. you know, originally we planned this beautiful book um, with a nice a printed board cover and and uh, you know just a, a real piece of art and uh, it, it's it is color from front to back but what happened is distilleries kept popping up we had to add 16 more pages which of course boosts the price of the book then we had to add 16 more pages and uh, so it's uh, it's now out in a very beautiful paperback. Our our editor, our pardon, our publisher has his, a signature uh, cover that that he does. Uh, so we've got that on there. But uh, it's just it just kept growing and growing. And what's really kind of cool, we had a deadline to get the uh, the draft in for first of January last year. And by the time we got to well middle of November, I had to send a note to the editor and say, you know, this just isn't going to make it because there are twice as many distilleries now as there were when we started. Twice as many. And uh, so we had to set up some kind of process because they weren't going to change the publication date. And uh, we had to change the, set up some kind of a process. So she edited a chapter at a time. Man, that was, I really appreciated that. And so we finally wow. did get it in. We, we went through four drafts before we got it the way we wanted it. And I have to say, I'm really proud of this, this, um, this book. It's color 
from front to back. We have custom drawn maps. It's really like a tour guide, you know, how to, to visit the distilleries in Canada. So if you're at any distillery, you look it up in the book and it tells you where to go next, no matter which direction oh. you're driving. And uh, it's uh, it, it really just is an overview. And uh, quite a few of the distillers have seen the book now and they, they all think that we did that we did them proud. We did them well. So we're pretty happy about that. You know, it's a fledgling industry, so you kind of want to start out on the right foot. And uh, we're, we're pretty happy. We're, ex we're excited, really. But uh, we're also a little bit dispirited, if I can say, that this coronavirus has come along and killed what was an, a really uh, strong uh, launch tour. We had, we had mm. events in, uh, I think, seven... 11 uh, major cities uh, planned and scheduled and booked and tickets sold and everything and uh, oh, and no. everything was cancelled and uh, it started of course with Cornwall and uh, I guess uh, just one after another they were going down as I was telling my wife uh, they were just falling like dominoes and in the end uh, um, I was left to pull the plug on the last one because it was just gonna, no way I could be there. And, of course, then a couple of days later, the provinces all announced that uh, we were going to be staying home no matter what we wanted to do. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, we'll see. Maybe my next book will be How to Launch a Book. Um, when, 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 you can't, when you can't tour and you can't do, do media except from your own dining room, as I'm doing right now. Yeah. yeah, I think so many people are playing everything by ear right now. It's kind of, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to think. I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to, to the release date because I've got something to, new to read now, which is really exciting. So I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on this. Um, but I, I'm, so when you were going through, this sort of just made me think as you were saying that you were sort of coming through so many distilleries that are you know, making obviously vodka and gin right now. Um, and because, you know, generally there'll be sort of, obviously we have to wait for our whiskey. Um, and so it was, was there sort of any parameters that you sort of operated within or were you just sort of all encompassing every single distillery, no matter what they were producing was, um, you know, on the table for this book or were there any sort of parameters? Like, you know, if a, a distillery didn't decide they were going to make a whiskey, was it, Sort of left off the list. No, we visited everything, every yeah. distillery that right. had an operating still. That included yeah. Hiram Walker, that included Black Velvet, that included Dairy Distillery in Almont, and that included uh, well Sheringham out in uh, in BC and uh, Gagetown Distillery in New Brunswick, Feast du Roi. Uh, we went to. Um, Artist in Residence Distillery in Quebec, uh, you name it. We went to, we went right across the country. And as I say, Blair went one way and I went the other once the, once the pressure came was on. But initially, we visited them. We visited them together. So, in terms of parameters, we kind of set out a a template of what we wanted to learn from the distilleries how we wanted to present them. So we wanted tasting notes. We wanted to get some good cocktail recipes. 
but we, we wanted to get, get the basic information that people would need uh, if they wanted to go visit a distillery. So all the contact information, we put a, we showed where they are on a map, and those maps are beautiful. They were redrawn about three times to get them right, but anyways, and um, uh, it just, you know, what people could get at a glance, at a glance to tell them what to do, and then a description of the of the distillery, and really looking at the people who work at the distillery, and how they uh, got into distilling, and the kinds of things that they um, that they are interested in, and uh, so so really our, our our goal our objective in the beginning was, if they have a still, we want to see it, take a picture of it, talk to them, find out how they got into distilling and then write it up. So we have 253 distilleries listed in the book, and 200 of them have fairly detailed profiles. And we have good uh, 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 photographs and recipes and things like that. So it's pretty much soup to nuts of distilling spirits in Canada. Yeah, the book is beautiful. I mean, I just just looking through the pages, it's uh, the photography is fantastic. The the details you cover about each uh, distillery, I I love that you have like special sections on vodka, kind of defining what that is and gins and all that. Uh, um, I um and then of course everything's split up by provinces, so you can ha- you can look to your province. I'm th- you know just the sheer number of distilleries is amazing. I'm so impressed by uh, how many distilleries are out there. Uh, you know. Making making booze, making spirits, and today about a hundred of them are making hand sanitizer. Not just yes, not just the little right. guys; the big guys are doing it too. So uh, yeah. I, mean, I think it, it just gives me a little kind of goosebumps thinking that this yeah. d- industry of ours that gets slagged so often by people who don't really understand it has really stepped forward uh, mm-hmm. to to make sure that their friends and neighbors are safe in this uh, in this uh, epidemic so uh, i'm pretty proud of them but i'm getting off on a different topic i've been thinking about that lately how proud i am guys like like dairy distillery just sent me a note and said uh, uh, we've distilled ten thousand bottles of our product turned it into hand sanitizer now we're going to be buying uh, uh, neutral spirits because we just can't keep up with demand so it's um, it's wow. i know doesn't it just kind of blow your mind so I'm very, I'm it's, very yeah. happy and proud that we have come out with a book at this time that kind of grasps, you know, car- grabs the, the the essence of the people who are making it because these are wonderful people, you know, and and they're they're making fabulous products by the way too. So yeah, was there was there any um, distilleries in that you were really surprised by anything that you sort of came across that you had you know sort of went in with one thought and came out with something completely different? Well, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Gail Fanjoy at Gagetown Distillery in Gagetown, New Brunswick. And she's making rum and rums and things like that on these tiny little stills. And she has what she calls a flute still. And I went in there and, uh, you know, she dresses like a, you know, like a, a, a distiller, a worker. And, uh, you know, you go in and, and, and she's making these really interesting spirits. And uh, on this tiny little we still, and then you find out, you know, that they used to make golden ginger ale there. It's a sweet ginger ale. 
And this this t town has this real history going back to bootlegging, and they have a, you know, they're under the bridge where they're, uh, where they used to hide the, hide the booze. And they said, I was impressed by that. The guy who kind of blows my socks off is uh, Sebastian Roy at uh, Fils du Roi Distillery, uh, way up in uh, Petite, uh, 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 in Acadia in New Brunswick. Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, he, this guy, you've never met a guy who is more passionate about what he's doing. And, and, and you know, he, he, his eyes get big, and you know, it's that thing where you can see the whites all around his, all around his, uh, his the, the iris of his eyes because he's so excited about what he's talking about. And he's making spirits, including whiskey, in these little wee Portuguese stills that are the, very similar to the kind of stills that Thomas Molson used two hundred years ago. And you fill you you take the head right off the still to charge the still, and then you glue this head back on using rye paste, using f paste made out of rye flour. <laughs> you glue it on, do your distillation, and then you take it off. I mean things like that that really kind of blew my mind. But uh, you know, it, it's just it's so exciting. Well, I, I don't like it. It was hard for me to stop because I'm then I, you know, Eau Claire just popped into mind, and they're mm -hmm. they're using draft horses to grow their grain to harvest their grain and uh, you know there this is we talk about terroir but i mean these guys they see these great big massive horses with this old-fashioned machinery you know uh, harvesting grain by hand and they got all these people to come out and help them they put it in stooks you know the, i bet you most people they don't even know what a stook is but it, it's a pile of of cut grain where it, so it dries before they before they um, they uh, knock the grains off the off the um, off the stems, and it's just it, it's remarkable the things that are going on. And then you uh, go into a into a distillery uh, uh, like uh, uh, Goodridge and Williams, and it is a real operation, and it's huge. And you know they they have this. This Italian bottling system that bottles, I don't know, like 500 bottles a minute or something like that. And they're making good whiskey, two different good whiskeys, and they're making all the white spirits as well. So uh, it's just, everyone is different. I mean, you, you, we, the only thing we could say that, uh, that is they have in common is that they're all doing it their own way. And uh, yeah. they're making really good, really good things. And I have to admit that this, this tour has really increased my appreciation of gin because boy we have some good ones out there just fabulous like like uh, this um, uh, kazuki gin that sheringham is making wow it's supposed to taste like a japanese gin well i wouldn't i don't really know what japanese gin tastes like but <laughs> by golly this one is fabulous or or you know you, you've seen that gin that uh, victoria spirits makes that's purple mm -hmm. the pur pur purple well, one, you know, yeah. that kind of happened by accident because they started out with 30 different teas from the empress hotel and they and they were going for flavor and when they made the gin that one of the teas they were they were using is called blue denim and i guess it looks blue in the cup when they make the tea and mm -hmm. and so they made this gin and they said well you know we can live with this color and then uh, the Peter, uh, who uh, who uh, is the general manager there, who started out as the distiller, by the way, 
His sister was making cocktails using this gin, and when she added tonic, it started changing color. And, and they, they said, "Wow, this is fabulous! <laughs> you know, it's yeah. amazing." And I, you know, and if you've tasted it, it's got this lush. It feels like vanilla in your mouth, but it's not. It doesn't taste like that. It feels creamy, and it's a, it's a beautiful gin with enough juniper in there to, to bite you. Because I, I I personally am a big fan of juniper, so it's just a, mm-hmm. it's just. You know, one thing after another, learning, learning, learning. You go into, uh, uh, oh, what's the distillery in, uh, Patent 5 Distillery in Winnipeg? And they mm-hmm. have bought these old, old buildings, the, the interiors, and they've put them in there to make a to make a tasting room where it's all wood panel and things like that. And to take a picture of that still, I stood outside of the of the still room in the um, in the tasting room and took pictures through this beautiful arched doorway all all made from wood you know from like a, it's really ancient old architecture so it's people are really taking pride in what they're doing they really are it's amazing so uh, and I'm getting enthusiastic That's <laughs> thank you no I love this because I I think it's it's such a testament to and we've talked about this before on the podcast how you know, Canadian distilleries, we're so lucky that we have sort of this really great freedom to be able to play around with our whiskey a little bit and try different things. So I think it's, you know, with the, the micro distilleries and the distilleries that are new and popping up, it's so exciting to see them taking advantage of that and, and doing really interesting, different sort of things. Yeah. Well, that that freedom to play around is something that I think a lot of people don't understand. We do not have nearly as much freedom in Canada as they have in the United States, for example. Yes. You know, and when you look at what they can do in the States, they can make all kinds of really bizarre things and still call them whiskey. And in Canada, we're not we're not allowed to do that. You know, yeah. they don't even have to age it in a barrel down there. They just have to touch wood and they can Correct. call it whiskey. So, you know, that's I think that's something that, that has been expressed accurately, but not really uh, understood by people who, who are listening so uh, yes our, our distillers are doing some amazing things they're they're making um, a single malt whiskey which we would think hadn't been done before until glenn breton came along but you know Hiram walker was making malt whiskey uh before prohibition so it, it's there there are lots of uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a fascinating landscape out there. But yes, we have a lot of freedom. And a lot of the small distillers are making things that aren't really whiskey, and they're not calling it whiskey either, like like white rye. White rye is just new spirit made from rye grain. But mm-hmm. uh, I have to be honest with you, it tastes pretty good. It really mm-hmm. does. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, it's... Uh, it's Speaking a, of rye, I'm I'm drinking a rye right now, and I, I wanted I brought this I opened this one specifically because we were talking today, Davin. I've got the Shelter Point single grain rye um, here in front of me. So, and I'm, I'm Mark. I was drinking a, a Shelter Point the other day as well. He, I think he was drinking the single malt. Mark, were you yeah, 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 single malt. yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're on a bit of a Shelter Point kick right now. Um, well, I've been on a bit of a Shelter Point kick for a while. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. They they just have so many wonderful whiskeys, and I I had the good luck to bring home about twenty five barrel samples with me when I left Victoria. So, and I've tasted all of them now, and believe me, there is some stuff coming out of there that's going to turn people's heads. It's so there's exciting. some really fabulous stuff coming from there. 
I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I, I, Shelter Point, I, I feel like we, we don't, I don't get enough of it here. Uh, yeah. the, the bottles that sneak through, I'm, I'm enjoying a great deal. Yeah. Oh, um, my child. Um, I'm curious <laughs> about the kind of, um, a lot of these distilleries, I assume, depend on like their local townships and, and, and you know, and the kind of local community to generate, to, to kind of sustain a business or like, is it a community-based business or are, or are they shipping into the province? Like how does, well, who supports these distilleries from a financially, from like who's their client? Tell primarily well it uh, it really varies from place to place and let, let's not forget that uh, this book also covers distillery like the Gimli distillery which makes Crown Royal which get generates most of its income from sales in America but uh, there are many small distillers yes who are supported by their local communities they and it's it kind of works well because they buy their supplies from their local communities and they uh, you know, but, but yeah, people are, take pride in uh, in going to the local distillery and and getting some some uh, some um, uh, spirits that that are, that are kind of have the, the the signature of of that area on it. And, and if you're talking about Shelter Point, you know, barley that's grown on their own farm mm-hmm. <clears throat> tastes like Shelter Point, mm-hmm. and it, and it does actually. Um, so it's uh, yes, I think that a lot of communities have taken real genuine pride in these uh, these uh, distilleries and uh, are, are are really giving them their their business preferentially, you know. But that does that's not to say that there are these their spirits are not really well worth purchasing because most of these places are releasing spirits that really compete anywhere in terms of flavor where they don't compete maybe quite as well is on price of course obviously they don't have uh, uh, the same uh, economies of scale that that some of the much larger distilleries have but on the other hand they then can make things like like nocino there are a few distilleries making nocino it's a spear it's a, a liqueur made out of green walnut husks and uh it, wow. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> Why? Yeah. I guess oh, that's right because the husk is uh, is is supposed after yeah, it's a byproduct. I guess yeah, that makes sense. They go out and pick the walnuts and pick uh, these. These are not the edible like Carpathian walnuts. These are black walnuts. So they they take the green skins and they use them to make liqueur. And uh, I have to admit that I've I've consumed a lot more nocino than I needed to to write this book. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot more <laughs> okay oh, that's and i purchased it i was so <laughs> that's something else i like to do with when i'm visiting the small distilleries i you know you know mark uh, and jamie the samples generally flow to people in the media i try to as much as possible buy what i what i'm not going mm-hmm. to use specifically for uh, for publication so if they want to give me a sample, great. If they, if they want me to have more than that, I'd prefer to pay for it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, do we, do, how do you feel about, you know, the sort of looking forward, and I, I know you're not a fortune teller, but, um, you know, is, is there room for this industry to keep growing at the rate that it is growing? Or how are we feeling about that? Well, you're asking me that question today when I'm on lockdown for coronavirus yeah. and I think point. there's going to be a big shakeout because I think yeah. that uh, the, a lot of these distillers are operating on uh, 
really just a, a knife's edge. And I think that loss of sales is really going to to uh, hurt them, particularly mm -hmm. since so many of these distillers make money from tourism. You know, they sell merchandise. They they maybe sell beer. They might have a brewery. They they uh, have restaurants, things like that. And there's also people visiting a distillery will want to take a bottle with them. I think with reduced tourism, we're going to see some real problems. Before this all came along, I think that most of those who have a good, well thought out business plan, a business plan that considers the environment, the regulatory environment that we're operating in, I think they had a good chance of succeeding. Because even though there are well over 200 of, the, of them, well over 250 of them, uh, they're still less than 1% of the market in Canada. And I think the big distillers recognize this, and the big distillers are actually offering either support or or help to a lot of these young guys, because there's a lot of guys and women, I should say, because there are a lot of women who are lead taking the lead who, as distillers in these distilleries or who own the, own the business. Um, but uh, I think that Right now, it would be pretty hard to predict the future. Obviously, some small businesses go out, of, go out of business. And I think that in Canada, they say the average life of a business is five years. But that's because some fail early and some last forever. Yeah. Uh, but there certainly is room for everybody who's out there. And I think there, there's still room for more to get in. Um, I think they're going to have to move beyond white spirits uh, because, I mean, vodka is the cheapest thing for to, to make. And uh, um, I think they're going to have to move into, you know, more rums. But there's a big rum, more more gins, I mean. There's a big gin renaissance right now. Mm -hmm. And by golly, go to Quebec if you ever want to taste good gin. Holy crow. They're making <laughs> stuff there that's it's kind of mind-blowing. That they're actually doing this, and uh, uh, you know, using mushrooms from their tiny little uh, really? geographic region to to, yeah. to to make or parsnips and things like that. So, um, I think it's too soon to say. There's always a shakeout when a new industry uh, develops, but I wouldn't be pointing my fingers at anybody right now as uh, mm -hmm. not looking good, not having an opportunity to move forward. So uh, I'm I'm very in, encouraged by this, and uh, I'm very optimistic that uh, that it's going to continue to develop. Of course, well, that's good news. Of course, we can't tax them too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's a that's a great question. I mean, there, we have the different provinces have different tech tax regulations, and uh, you know, so so like I guess BC has a more has a little more success because they they're not taxed as high as long as these local uh, or BC based grain and and Ontario's mm -hmm. maybe taxed a little higher. So there are. There are um, uh, differences. I I'm very excited by this. Like I feel like it's 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 kind of like the craft brewing industry, mm -hmm. uh, but in the whiskey world because you're you know you, you you can go to all these different smaller distilleries around you and there's so many. I, I just I can't get over the sheer number. It's amazing. You literally, you know, even right now you can take a drive somewhere and pick up 
you know, with, with corona free, uh, you know, maintain your distances, but you can pick up some some uh, a spirit and come back home and then support a local distillery. You know, we, we talk about restaurants and breweries, but uh, we, yep. we can't forget the distilleries either because they, yep. they are the ones making the sanitizer, like you said. Yeah. And so, and buying their merch and, and yes, supporting yes. them as soon as things get back to sort of business as usual. Um, but yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah, it is a, a unprecedented sort of thing that's happening right now. And so, you know, a good whiskey by your side, you know, for when the day sort of is coming to a close is, is quite helpful nowadays, I'm finding. <laughs> a lot of them too are doing uh, online sales so you can uh, order Great. for delivery. Great. So, uh, and some of them are able to do that right across Canada. So, uh, right. I, I think support them. And if you want to know about all the distilleries in Canada, there's a book coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Davin, what day is the book coming out? Tuesday. So we can get our pre-orders in. Okay. Tuesday, Fantastic. March 31st. And it's on Amazon. It's yep. on Amazon US. It's on Indigo, Chapters Indigo. And it's on mm -hmm. Barnes & Noble. It's Great. called The Definitive Guide to Canadian Distilleries. And uh, I just, I, I, ho I hope people do pick it up, but I hope people also remember how these little distilleries kind of really need our help right now. Yes. Yeah, sure. and we'll have uh, links in the show notes so that you can click on that. Uh, uh, this this podcast will be out April 1st, so you're, you're going to have your book launch as of yesterday if we move forward in time. Perfect. It feels like an infinite from that, you know, that really does seem like forever from now. It seems like we're, we're, I think somebody said like, you know, I've survived like 12 decades and the March counts as a yeah, few decades yeah. on its own. <laughs> I posted that on Instagram. <laughs> yes, I was like, of course. I survived Twi the 20, 2010s and I survived March. So Jamie, yeah, your, 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 uh, your, your Twitter retweet game has been solid. Your, uh, your, uh, I, I guess is yeah. Yeah. You've, you've been <laughs> you retweeting know, some keep, solid stuff. I'm, sometimes I'm like, Jamie retweets somehow. something like, yeah, that, that was okay. That was kind of funny, but no, no, you've been, you've been on, you've been on. <laughs> Everything you've been doing on Twitter has been hilarious. <laughs> well, that's good to know. It's good to know. I think people are, um, you know, it's nice to have this sort of, you know, sort of break. It's, it's, you know, the news is quite, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to watch right now and, you know, trying to, you know, maintain optimism and, and, and do the right thing and stay inside and, you know, having, you know, things like this and, and something to listen to and something to laugh at, uh, I think is, uh, is going to be a good, uh, salve for all of us and, and hunkering down with a nice book, uh, is a good way to sort of, you know, distract yourself from, you know, your phone and, and the news and things like that. So, which, uh, which can, can really help. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I agree. And I, th I think, you know, like uh, I, I really got motivated by, uh, you know, having more podcast episodes up just cause like, I was like, this actually makes me, cause I went from that stage of like, I don't really want, you know, like it's, it's, it's tough. And now you just, you just want to mm -hmm. like kind of create and, and do things. And, and, and so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm mm -hmm. going to go out and then, and order some, uh, uh, so, some bottles, um, yep. from Ontario anyway, just, just, uh, definitely kind of support the local industry here. Cause, uh, I feel like that's, that's so important and yeah, it's important to get the humor up and, and, and have podcasts and listen to things that, that make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause otherwise, yeah, all, all you're doing is checking your phone for the next, uh, next stat that you don't want to see. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Well, sure. I, I, so Devin, um, as you, you've got, um, I, I, so not only do you have like the stories covered, but you guys do cover, uh, specific topics. Uh, there's an interview with doc, Dr. Don Livermore and, and, and a bunch of other content here. So it kind of, it almost kind of reads like a, there's the sections that almost read like a magazine style with articles and things, which I, uh, really like about the book. Uh, I, you know, not to mention it is, it is hot out there for an author. So, so do, do support Devin. Uh, he's, uh, 
um you know like i, I just i love that you've you've released this is your now third book out right yeah third one yes yes well with your so so that's that's pretty amazing like for for canadian author to focus on canadian whiskey and 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 have uh have that that's uh, that's pretty great well thank you very much yeah it's uh it's been a lot of work. It's been two years of solid work, but then a few years before that of you know gathering data and here and there, and it's uh, it's kind of discouraging, <laughs> honestly, having this come out right in the middle of Corona. But anyway, you know, life yeah. goes on. And we continue. Maybe people can sit back in their armchairs and do some armchair distillery visiting, and yep. plan out their roots and decide where they want to go when we all break out of this prison that we're in right now. But, yeah, uh, I think man. that's exactly a great idea. And with those yeah. beautiful pictures and, yeah. and people can sort of just be transported a little bit to uh, beautiful little small towns. And, you know, as Canadians, I think, you know, it's so, and, you know, being a brand ambassador who gets to travel, you know, throughout Canada, um, we're so lucky we have such beautiful spots right in our own backyard and they're so accessible to us and we're so sort of able to to sort of embrace them. So I think, you know, once people are able to safely, you know, leave their their homes, I think Canada is probably going to see, you know, its own visitors with, you know, wide eyed people saying, I didn't realize that this, you know, this was right in my backyard. So, you know, we might not have, you know, the ability to go international travel for a little while, but guess what? We've got all these great spots right here in front of us. And, you know, Davin, you've always been at the forefront of, of cheering on Canadian distilleries. And, and this, I think, you know, even gets a little deeper into that with going into these really awesome small places and, uh, and cheering them on too. So it's, uh, it's really exciting. Whitehorse. If you get a chance to go to two brewers in Whitehorse, <laughs> my goodness. I love two brewers. I, I, they, do I, too. Lo- I would love to go to Whitehorse. I would love to go to the territories. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm with you on that. that. That would be so much fun. I think what we should do is we should get about 60 people and charter a small plane and fly up there all together. Because believe me, that's a town of 40,000 people and it is so welcoming. When I was up there, they took me to their diviest dive bar, and it was embarrassing. <laughs> it was so nice. <laughs> That's great. I love that. What was the? Did you, what's the dive? Do you remember what it was called? I can't remember. They had the oh, the breakfast yeah. club there. They start serving at yeah. nine in the morning. Oh, so <laughs> reasonable. Finally, <laughs> that's so I civilized. Mean, and they they yeah. were they were kind of embarrassed about taking me in there, and I'm thinking, holy crow. In lots of places, this would be the nicest bar in town. <laughs> because we did go to a bar. Blair and I went to a bar in Newfoundland. And there was a sign on the door that said uh, that uh, bike club colors not allowed in this bar by order. <laughs> and right across the street was the Outlaws Clubhouse. <laughs> that, and oh that was a little bit unnerving, to be quite honest. <laughs> anyway, but, oh. but yeah, and when we were leaving... I forgot to pay the bill. And I'm thinking, like, what worse place can you forget to pay the bill? <laughs> and the waitress came running out after me. And, anyway. Mark and I have done that before. I just oh think he my. pays it and he thinks I pay it and then nobody pays it. So we have to call them back the next day. And <laughs> it, but sure. it, it happens an embarrassing amount of times. And, and I get extra paranoid <laughs> when I'm traveling because I, I, I'm always like, 
I got to pay the bill. I got to pay the bill. Cause like when you're, when you're in a local bar in Toronto, like, Oh, you email them the next day, whatever they know you though, you know, you're, you're good. But I just, whenever I travel, I'm like, Oh, I'm always so, cause I, I do just walk out of bars. I'm like, Oh, we're gonna go to the next bar. And I just leave. And, and then I'm like, Oh crap, did I pay that bill? And then Jamie yeah. and I are texting yeah. each other the next day. I'm like, did yeah. you pay this one? <laughs> I mean, now that I'm a brand ambassador, the the answer to that is usually yes. That's I did true. Pay That's for true. it all. Yes. <laughs> which, which is which is great, and it's usually more. I mean, it has created a bigger problem for me just walking yeah. out of bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well Fort, yeah. in Fort McLeod in Alberta, we we did that, and we, fortunately, before we got to the car. Blair said, uh, "How much was the bill, or something like that?" And I said, "I thought you paid it." And so we went back, and the, the bartender had already paid it out of her own pocket. No. So we gave her a big, big tip that more than oh, covered yes, the did. more than covered the the booze and the, uh, yep. the appreciation. But that was yeah. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, I guess yeah. that's the thing about drinking. You just kind of sometimes you don't remember everything you're supposed to do as, uh, <laughs> as you're leaving. <laughs> Well, I, I, I miss I, I do miss going to bars I, I feel like ever since having kids I you know I used to do, I used to do the three to four nights a week kind of bar thing I've significantly reduced that uh being, being a dad but like I, I miss it I'm like wow there's it's just not an option anymore that's that's just wow it's a yeah I, just bizarre it's bizarre yeah. it's just a it bizarre is world. very bizarre and I think once this is all sort of said and done and we're we're you know back to you know safe kind of living uh that looks a little bit more normal than what we have right now i think people are just going to be out and about and just like back in action filling up the streets like that's my hope uh Mm -hmm. for sooner rather than later yeah i hope so so. yeah yeah i uh because supporting our our industry is definitely uh, i have to say something though mark i've Mm -hmm. been to a lot of bars in my life a lot of bars uh-huh. When when Janet and I got home from Van, from Victoria, I guess Friday after a twenty two hour trip, wow, yeah, none of the bars had put groceries in my fridge, but my children had. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so remember that. So Piper, cry your. I was going to say cry your ass off, but that wouldn't be polite. <laughs> so Piper, cry your lungs out. Yeah. Right now, yeah. because someday Mark's going to need you. Yeah, that's <laughs> in, right. In uh, 25 years, kid, when you're uh, when you're close to your 30s, that's and right. hopefully working your own job, be like, Dad needs some food. Yeah. Actually, it'd be more like, Dad needs some whiskey. Uh, bring me some whiskey, please. Yeah. You know, no, it's, I, I, it, it, it's it's such a long yeah. investment. My my, you know, I I don't know if I've ever said the story, but my mom my mom always uh, g- gave me the story. She's like, you know, she she speaks in a in an Eastern European accent. She's like, the best part of children is the grandchildren. And I'm like, <laughs> that is such a long play. Like, you, you're, this is like, you know, I mean, like to wait 40 years in my mom's case for grandchildren um, seems like. I, that just seems like a long play. I I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But but I, That's funny. <laughs> I'm glad to well, hear my fridge. One of my full. one of my pals whose kid just turned like sixteen or seventeen was like, "This is great. Like I'm going to get her to pick me up when I'm done here at the end of the night. Like I've got a free like DD here. Like I've I've given her enough rides in in her entire life that like I deserve this. Like I'm yeah, she's going to pick pick my drunk behind up after this night is over. So. Yeah. Oh, Jamie, go. that that first hangover when the bar is open is going to be so painful. I um, I don't, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Piper's already screaming in the background. She's like, "No!" All right, kid. 
Uh, Saving our lungs for when you come home that night. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we have a pretty thriving industry here in Canada, and uh, mm-hmm. we're have, going through a bit of a hiccup right now because of what's going on out in the world. But I really, uh, I'm really very encouraged by what I see going on there. And I'm also encouraged by what I see happening in the big distilleries. You know, mm-hmm. we have uh, some amazing stuff coming out of Hiram Walker. We have uh, stuff that's not, maybe not all in Canada coming out of Crown Royal. That's really quite leading edge. And I mean, their, their innovations team is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. I think I told you about Crown Royal single malt that I poured at Tails a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, uh, we have right now. I'm drinking the Forager from uh, from Forty Creek. That was a failing micro distillery when John Hall bought it, and so that should be a very good example for all these guys who are out there now uh, struggling to make ends meet. And uh, the uh, hang in there, and if you've got the right formula, it can turn into a big payday. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much encouraged, quite honestly. Yeah. yeah. You, you too could ha- be living by a golf course in Florida on a giant, giant house if you, if you're lucky. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, I, I love it. I think, uh, I, I love it. I just, uh, there's, there's, I, it's amazing that you, you were able to, you know, spend all this, this time with the distilleries and then to do photos and, and terrific book, Devin, and, uh, just a testament to your, to your, uh, commitment to, our uh, Canadian uh, distilleries, uh, big or small, which is uh, really wonderful. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate you coming yeah. on the podcast and spending time with us and talking about it. Yes. Uh, do buy Davin's book, The Definitive Guide to Canadian Distilleries. Um, yep. A lot of, def- like, I, I can't say enough, uh, the photos and the, the kind of bring you there, the stories about each distillery. It's uh, it's uh, it's really wonderfully done. And uh, we'll put, uh, we'll put, the Amazon uh, thing. Oh, that's the other thing. Actually, I forgot to mention. Um, a bookstores, a lot of a lot of a lot of smaller bookstores are also needing your help as well. So, if you can mm-hmm. find the book, even if the book's not available at your local bookstore, if you can order through them, that's even that's great too. Because I think, uh, you know, one thing we're learning is the, uh, the 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 bigger companies will will probably be okay. They'll, but it's, it's the smaller companies that don't quite that can't quite pull through. Uh, that that need our help, so uh, do do support your local bookstores as well. Yep, our little independent bookstores for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Davin. Thank you very much, Jamie. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate uh, being on your show. It's so much fun. It's fun. Yeah, it is. We have a great time. So yeah. three of us always have a good laugh when we get on this show together. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so I'll see Absolutely. you. At a, I'll see you at a whiskey show somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Oh, oh! Before you yes. go, Davin, we got to do the Patreon only. Uh, uh, right. uh, it's a chat, so we'll, we'll ask you a, a tough, a tough question. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll answer Ooh. will be for uh, patrons only. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, 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 mm, okay, I'm gonna think of something good. Uh, <laughs> I should have thought of this ahead of time. Anyway, um, Devin, thanks so much for coming. Uh, do follow Devin on Instagram and Twitter. I'll put it in the uh, put it in the show notes where you can uh, click and, and and follow Devin. He's got uh, he's uh, he's got a great feed. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, follow Jamie and myself if you don't already. And uh, thank you guys for joining us. Cheers. 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 Do 